Good morning and welcome to yet another episode of An Unqualified Guide to the Good Life, the show where we try to work out what it means to live well, despite having no qualifications to do so, back for a fifth season. And we ended the fourth season so well. My name is Adam and with me, as always, is Mr. Muscle himself, the Bard of Geneva, Nick. How you doing, Nick? How you doing today? Yeah, I like that. I like the energy of that intro. Um... Honestly, Adam, I'm actually pretty good. I think that's just um, the taste of fresh coffee still in my mouth. Mm, yeah, that <laughs> but, sweet elixir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It made everything okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm good. It's nearly the end of the week, which means nothing because life carries on over the weekend. But, um, Indeed. you know, the sun is out in Geneva. So Lovely. It's cold, though. So, cold here in um, Oxford, too. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe not that cold. It's like seven degrees. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how cold it is in, in Geneva. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's pretty cold. I haven't been outside. I have not been outside. Yeah. Well, this so. is riveting. Um, before <laughs> we edge of the sea stuff, it's good to be back. It's good to be, it's back. Good to be back. It's good to be back. And before yeah. we move on, quick shout out to Good Life Coffee, who we met in Geneva. And I remembered about yeah. you said coffee. There is there is a, a company, a roastery based out of, uh, well, near, near Lausanne. Um and they they are called Good Life whoa, whoa, whoa. and they make delicious Lausanne coffee. Lausanne no one no one says Lausanne <laughs> no, no. yeah all right fine <laughs> um, yeah shout out Good Life Coffee shout out Good Life Coffee near Lausanne um, thank you yeah anyway they uh yeah sponsor us <laughs> okay um. <laughs> Or at least give us some coffee. Actually, they did give us some yeah. coffee already. So sponsored, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, now, Adam, this is not the first time that we've made a comeback that no one has asked for. Uh, or how, noticed our um... <laughs> Oh, I thought they'd retired. Um... <laughs> I didn't realize you guys were still doing that. Um... <laughs> what's um What's new? Are we Are we doing something new conceptually, uh, format wise? Uh... Are we better at what we're doing? We all know the answer to that. <laughs> no, no, and no. However, team. however, we are moving on to a to a new topic. Um, we are doing season, that. Yeah. We, we are season five. There is not really anything which delineates when a season should or shouldn't be. It's just sort of what we decide, um, which is allowed because it's our podcast. Um, although, yeah. really, dear listener, it's our podcast. <laughs> He still means that in the first sense. <laughs> <laughs> Just said it slightly nicer. Um, but this season, we're going to be talking all about spirit. Um, see, season, season, season one was random. Season two, which is when we first had themes for our seasons, was all about virtue. Then we went to uh, mind, then the body. And so the natural trinity of the previous two is the spirit. But what, and what do we mean by that? And what kind of things are we going to be discussing? Well, that's really what we're going to be talking about in this episode, our comeback episode, Unqualified Guide to the Good Life 5.0. Spooky, spooky. Yeah. I think that's what the, the, the subtitle for the season is going to be. Instead of spirit, just like spooky, spooky. <laughs> okay, well, we better hurry up and record these episodes quickly because <laughs> spooky season doesn't go on forever. No, but spirits... Spirit, spirits. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. I, I, no, I, I see what you're doing. It's so good. Can we very, only, very good. Yeah. Can we only have spirituality within the month of October? Is that what you're saying? 
No, but spooky spirituality, I think. I see, I see. Yeah. I, as yeah, soon as Halloween's yeah. over, we have to start preparing for Christmas, um, <laughs> <laughs> according to the capitalist calendar. So that's over. I, I agree. Uh, and in fact, it's it's one of one of the things I appreciate about America is that they have another holiday in between there. So yeah. we could go we could go Halloween, Thanksgiving, then Christmas. Then exactly. maybe we could find something in January, maybe like exactly. Parkour Day or something. Ooh, um, that sounds good. Yeah. We should get into parkour. Anyway, off topic. Um, You know, we got to start like treating these um, recordings like people are going to (laughs) listen. That's that's something we got to work on. Get to be having random conversations (laughs) about our days and then just calling them podcasts. (laughs) That's fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're a caricature from a Bo Burnham sketch or something. (laughs) Adam, um, Adam. Yes. Please tell me you have a quote so that to, to find our way back to familiar footing. Yeah. You know, spirit, new season. We're back. We're better than ever. Don't <laughs> hold us to that. Do you have a quote? I do. And in fact, I have I have four quotes, Nick. And I thought maybe we could discuss them a little bit. And that could be our intro <laughs> to the podcast, because I think when we're talking about spirit and spirituality and all of these things, it's important to sort of. Um, define our terms and say what we're going to mean because correct me if I'm wrong but neither of us are particularly religious which is what people typically think of when they think of spirituality yeah I suppose so I mean I think increasingly uh, less so I mean um, is there is there like an alignment between spirituality and religion Mm. I mean it's more and more becoming differentiated and this notion of being a spiritual person without being a religious one is becoming I think more mainstream um but yeah, no, I don't. I don't think either of us is particularly religious. Um, I was. I mean, I, I was kind of raised sort of Catholic, and then and then Protestant, Lutheran, um, or inversely so. Um, I briefly considered becoming a Muslim. <laughs> really? You've never. Yeah, spoke, a, you've never told this story before. <laughs> we can get to yeah, the quotes in a moment. I like what that. What do you mean? Briefly considered becoming a Muslim before? <laughs> I've known you for six years, and this has never come up. <laughs> That's, goodness okay i just what spurred that that contemplation i think um probably probably um one of the big reasons for which i rejected christianity in part was because i had very uh strong feelings really as an undergraduate um about um the uh kind of undeniable role of uh the catholic church in the kind of uh rise of european imperialism and all of the various kind of genocides that ensued from there um in the name of religion and so i sort of um thought thought you know well well it's like a sort of a bitter irony that some of the most devout um catholics um and um and 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 christians are are either African-Americans or, you know, Africans from the continent. And, mm-hmm. um, and I thought, well, you know, that's a, that's, it's a pretty poor exchange, you know, um, but right. they took the land and the riches and, 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 and then, and, and left them with the Bible. Um, right. And so, and so whilst I was doing that, there was a lot of also reading that surrounded, um, you know, different beliefs. And, and so, um, you know, I thought, I thought Islam was quite interesting because it, um, it was um, a, a, re- a religion for people of color, I suppose, in a way that I didn't identify 
uh, Christianity being, particularly because I was raised in a European society. So every Christian icon I ever saw, every depiction of Jesus or God was very mm-hmm. white, very white, male and bearded. Um, mm-hmm. And none of that interests me or, I, or could I identify with it. So at some point, and I think also it coincided with my dad being in the Middle East and me kind of discovering Arabic culture. I sort of said it on a whim, but that if that's if if there's anything that I was considering, it was that um, intriguing yeah. and also intriguing that you were considering this. We'd already met at that point. That's remarkable. I never knew. Very interesting. Yeah, I don't think I was actually going to like become um, uh, uh, like sort of properly that. But I I think I also enjoy like values about the religion and all this type mm-hmm. of stuff. You know, I think it was like I I because I, I, I think religion has like a community role. Um, and and it serves as a comforter and also as a moral guide um, in 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 ways that extend beyond simply like a belief system. Um, and and I liked a lot of the um, cultural practices of Islam as much as I also kind of um, well I mean maybe this is a bit strong to say but to sort of disagree with at least um, some mm-hmm. of the practices of Islam as well. So you know. Well, that that that's interesting. You should say I and and we'll get to the. To, to the quotes in a moment, but it, you remind me of um, a, a, a a man I know who he was actually my my PE teacher when I was about eleven, um, but um, sort of met my you know met him met him several times throughout. Then the school was like the, the sort of primary school, middle school, and, and upper school were all in the same place, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so I'd, I'd encounter him. Uh, he's from Ghana. Um, um, big up Ibi Ubda, um, former. A Ghanaian national player, former FC Hamburg player, um, solid, nicest guy you'll ever meet, and uh, and he um, was telling me that he he felt very conflicted because his his mother was a was a uh, devout um, Christian, sort of. Um, I'm not even sure the style, but sort of the. Uh, it, it, I, I went to Ghana and and I went to church there, and it's it's very. Um, like gospel i suppose you'd call it evangelical lots evangelical <laughs> lots of singing lots of dancing lots of mm-hmm. ha- happiness and joy and and yeah. celebrating in it um and his father uh was a muslim uh, who um who and there the, the the practice of worship was very somber and, and quiet and reflexive and contemplative and he said you know i i struggle because i don't know what the best way to honor god is does God want us to be contemplative and reflective or does he want us to be joyous and celebratory or something mm. like that? Which I think is an mm. interesting, um, an yeah. interesting question, which, which, uh, which is often left out of, of religious mm-hmm. debates. Um, but I also think that the, the existence of God is one of the, one of the least interesting questions about religion and, uh, or even what God's interested in is one of the least interesting questions about religion and spirituality. Right. Um, and yeah, someone who it's, sort of a more for theology i guess yeah <clears throat> for academia than it is. yeah exactly and uh and, and someone who might agree um borderline borderline friend of the show i would say friedrich nietzsche yeah yeah i you knew know what coming. i'm about to say i knew it was coming gone i don't know if you know how much i'm about to say because the quote goes on <clears throat> buckling um Buck- buckled god is dead God remains dead, and we have killed him. How shall we comfort ourselves, the murderers of all murderers? What was holiest and mightiest of all that the world has yet owned has bled to death under our knives. Who will wipe this blood off us? What water is there for us to clean ourselves? What festivals of atonement? What sacred games shall we have to invent? Is not the greatness of this deed too great for us? Must we ourselves not become gods, 
simply to appear worthy of it. Anyway, good morning. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that was um, Friedrich Nietzsche, a philosopher, um, speaking in Die Fröhliche Wissenschaft, um, often... <laughs> reject. <laughs> reject. <laughs> <as well. laughs> they say, um, like, hell hath no fury like a woman scored. But, dude, like, Nietzsche got rejected a bunch of times, and this is what he turned to. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say he was the OG in the cell, but he may, if incels could read, he might be <laughs> uh, looked to. In, in yeah, the, uh, if they knew anything about philosophy, <laughs> <laughs> they might worship Nietzsche. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, um, so, so, so that that's that's Nietzsche, and I think, and I believe what what Nietzsche is talking about there is well he's talking about a few things one is one is sort of the um he's writing in the 19th century and, and when when christianity is in market decline which nietzsche thought was a good thing um he's written this this terrifying thing but he thought that uh christianity was essentially a um a way of keeping people in line and um uh, and and that by rejecting these values we can we can achieve sort of greatness and things that we want um to the extent that and and, and that christian values are so intertwined with with european values we don't even realize it for example um poverty being associated with virtue in some way um, he says no that's ridiculous that's that's a christian ideal which keeps people enslaved to their masters um but I want to I want to juxtapose that unless you have some some pressing thoughts, Nick. I want to juxtapose that quote with a couple of others. Juxtapose away. Okay. Um, so they they are they they're all on similar veins, but with slight, slightly different angles from it. The first comes from um, Carl Sagan, um, and science is often thought as of 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 the antithesis to spirituality. But Carl Sagan says science is not only compatible with spirituality; it is a profound source. Of spirituality and that um and that pairs quite nicely with a quote from Aeneas nin um the possession of knowledge does not kill the sense of wonder and mystery there is always more mystery i think there's something to do with mystery and, and knowledge and, and and science and spirituality all coming together mm. and then the, the final quote that i have um which which is is not directly related but but features a word that i think you'll pick up on and, and know why i picked this quote um, because it's something we've spoken on before, and then we can elaborate to the dear listener. It's from Jane Austen. <clears throat> when I look out on a night such as this, I feel as if there could be neither wickedness nor sorrow in the world, and there would certainly be less of both if the sublimity of nature were more attended to, and people were carried more out of themselves by contemplating such a scene. Hmm. Oh my God. Okay. That's lot a lot. To unpack. Lot to unpack. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> you think that one episode for the entire history of religion and spirituality was, was too much of a, an ask or do you think we're good? Well, you know, I think what I like about us is that, you know, we, um, we figure out our flaws live um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and note them and then do nothing to address them, which is, um, it's really raw. It's authentic. That's why people come to us you know or or not so um <laughs> it's almost like we're making art brew like you know yeah yeah, like... yeah. anyway yeah. um wow okay so i think that okay let's 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 take one point at a time um and 
I, I propose to start with this notion that there is always um, more mystery to uncover um, mm-hmm. and that uh, therefore there is a certain inherent compatibility between science and religion. Um, and, and actually this sort of pairs nicely with the Jane Austen quote as well, which talks about this, uh, the sublime in nature. Um, because I think what's interesting about the scientific method is that it's um, so often, um, you know, uh, uh, underlined as being the uh, consequence of reason and rationale and as being grounded in fact and as being, you know, um, so so readily provable um, that there is really no ambiguity about the truths that science can offer us um, and no debate around those things, um, which... Well, there is lots of debate. You know, that's the whole yeah, of course. purpose of science. Yeah, well, this is, this is the thing, right? Is that um, firstly, even for things which um, we are, I guess, fairly certain of, um, science is still only at a stage where it like it i mean even like the, the scientific method right inherently says well these are all just like theories you know yeah um that we so far are yet to disprove yeah. um rather than are able to have proven beyond any doubt so um yes, there is not there it's is not possible to prove anything in science only to, only yeah to there is like there is no there is no space in science where it's like beyond any doubt we will never be like there is always this room um, for doubt in science, which I think is also a great um, catalyst for religious belief. So I think that's one thing. Um, <clears throat> I also think that um, the the that science is not something which should allow us to rest on our laurels, but rather to continue to go out and seek the unknown. And so even if we find ourselves in the comfort zone of science, it can be easy to to forget how little we actually know. Um, but you know, yeah. for those who are actually on the threshold of of, of new science, of science which is k- kind of alive, um, then then I think it's fairly obvious. Um, D- that... Dara Breen has a great quote about that. I'm sorry I interrupted you, and you're about to make no, go on, please. point. Dara Breen says uh, he d- has a routine about he because he's very anti um, pseudoscience um, and, mm-hmm. and pro sort of rationality, and he says, um, you know, people people uh, who believe in pseudoscience always say, oh well. Well, science doesn't know everything. And he goes, of course, science doesn't know everything. If it did, it would stop. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, exactly. It would be complete. Yeah, um, it would be a book. Which, 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 which it is not, which actually takes me back to religion, which is a book. And um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think what the point I wanted to make here um, so I, I, I have two more points to make on this. Um, the first of which is like the notion of doubt in science is inherent in the same way that it is in religion. So mm-hmm. there is certainly a compatibility there. And as the borders of science extend, so to it's this it's this like the table of like the known knowns, you know, the unknown knowns, known knowns, mm-hmm. the the known unknowns, and the unknown unknowns. You know, right. and even if those um, goalposts vary. Um, as our knowledge increases or we find out that we've been wrong actually and need to realign. Um, the unknown unknowns remains vast and sort of infinite as far as we understand it, right? So um, there is still very much space for mysterious ways to coexist with um, right. science, even if we push it further to the edge of our understanding. Um, 
Yeah, the second point I was going to make is is what I find interesting about the time that we live in now, um, which I guess is a lot of a reflection of <clears throat> the way we tend to deal with the baggage of the past is that we it's you know it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. um and and by that i mean that like science um defines itself in opposition to religion or at least did when it needed to um mm-hmm. in order to gain sort of credibility because it was directly contradicting some of the ideas in in religion um, and as such kind of discarded the whole thing um right. In, in, in many respects, which we, we are seeing now as well with the spiritually tapped in who are um, directly contradicting some of the uh, what they see as some of the branches of modern science, like, you know, even like the m- pharmaceutical methods or, um, you know, the, the lack of value being placed on um, spiritual practices, um, holistic healing, whatever, you know, um, uh, practices of the East as well, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and they kind of throw away all science with that. And and right. I think there is this really frustrating space where it's like, well, no, you know, religion, you know, despite everything it did, not because of, but despite everything it did, still did collect uh, a certain amount of human values that non-religious people can still hold on to, you know, um, mm-hmm. In the same way that science now, you know, can give us certain perspectives on the world and has given us, you know, STEM, uh, you know, uh, subjects which have, you know, facilitated our lives in all sorts of ways, despite all of the other things which it has brought along with it um, and and the catalysts of, um, you know, imperialism and war, which are maybe largely responsible for um, the uh, progress of science. But um, you I, I, know, think, I um, think putting those things aside is a bit treacherous. Yeah, we shouldn't be no. always starting again from zero because then we end up with nonsense like astrology. And I... <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, sorry, gone. No, I, it, it's interesting. Absolutely right. And there, are, there is. Uh, I mean, there's a whole podcast where the things to unpack in, in just what you said. Um, I, I suppose I'll start because it's most recent with, uh, with what you said about imperialism. Um, like my girlfriend Lara, um, when she was, I think, in her first or second year at, at Imperial College London. Um, and by the way, Imperial College London, a couple of years ago, they decided they were going to, in fact, I think it was, I think it was post George Floyd. They decided they were going to drop the, um, that they were going to drop their the motto. No, they were going to drop okay. the motto from the logo and the, the, the motto in Latin translated as like um, for science, science for the glory of the empire or something like that. And they said, no, that's Jesus. not appropriate. So they, they dropped that. Kept the name Jesus. Imperial. Kept the name Imperial. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I mean, if Britain had to try and erase everything imperial <laughs> about its heritage, there's really nothing. Like the the whole country is built on on, on pride about <laughs> conquering the world. There was a, nothing else. There was a brief campaign to rename the University Gaia College, which I think would have been pretty cool. Um, yeah, that'd have been polo. Yeah, and and King's College, someone wanted to rename. I think it was Citizen College, which seemed less likely, but also cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, but but yeah, they she she had a um a a a kind of elective course her first year called uh science and empire, um which was like a history course um and I always assumed it would be about like science's imperial origins and how to be wary of that. No, it was all about how having an empire made science easy, like it was um, or like really? how having no how having an empire like spurred scientific advancements, um right. Uh, which I'm like, okay, that's an angle. 
um yeah. but maybe not the one you should well, this take. is yeah this is like I, I i don't know i mean it's uh again maybe we're getting a little bit off topic but i think it's one thing that really frustrates me is people who um who like create false like causality and relation right it's like i mean we don't know that um you know because there was um a, a ridiculous arms race and these scientific um uh, technological evolutions happened at such an accelerated rate because so much money was being pumped into these things money which was generated by empire this that and the other that those things couldn't have happened without like the slave trade you know like that's yeah. a that's a ridiculous maybe they happened despite that or they happened alongside that but there are maybe other scenarios in which those things could have been developed it, um in fairness I, I i believe the course was more about scientific advancements sort of during the 19th century during the peak of mm, and, and, the, mm, and i don't know that any causation was suggested in that course um, mm, maybe mm, it was mm. i don't know i didn't take the course um but i yeah i th- i think that go- going back to your, your sort of point about uh, unpacking what mr sagan had to say um two two things i think for one that that you it, perhaps inadvertently perhaps not conflated um and I think we're going to have to be careful about this throughout the whole season, um, conflated religion and spirituality. And mm. I don't know that they're the same thing. And I think part of what might help to unpick and understand this distinction is um, there is an idea. And I, was, I had this as a lecture during my, during my master's, um, which talked about the different kinds of religion. And, and that's part of a lot of mm. the argument about religion is that we mean different things when we say it. Um, and broadly, sometimes it's divided into three categories, but broadly there are there are two. Um, one is called uh, soteriological religions, which I'll okay. I'll explain in a moment. But these are these are the biggies. This is Christianities, you know, Islam, your your Buddhism, um, and then there are world religions or everyday religions. And the distinction is, and the, there's a reason the former is so dominant around the world. Um, Soteriological religions are focused on some notion of ascendance um, that human life is 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 sort of a the, the goal of it should be to achieve enlightenment or paradise or something like that, and that there is a lifetime of work and contemplation and dedication that goes into achieving this ascendance uh, status. World religion and all religions like mainstream religions contain elements of, of both, by the way, but world religions are perhaps more what you think of sort of um, maybe indigenous religions uh, mm-hmm. or, or, or um, things like that. But, but, uh, but actually all religions contain elements of both world religions are, Oh my God, it hasn't rained for three months. Please God send some rain so that my crops will grow. This is like, I need some kind of help in my day-to-day life that I can't get from the mm-hmm. world around me. And so, this is kind of the, the spiritual, um, uh, I need spiritual help, basically. Um, and as I say, all, all religions contain elements of, of, of both. Um, but the difference, one of the main differences is for the, for the former, holy books and texts become important and rites and rituals. Uh, for, the, for the latter, perhaps not so much. It's more about incorporating it into sort of your daily life. Um, okay. And... Um, and so I think that's part of it. But I also think that 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 perhaps neither of these. And actually, I'll, I'll have a, a brief aside before I get to my main point, which was uh, when you said throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Um, I was just uh, writing an article about about um, things to do here here in Oxford, um, scientific hotspots here in Oxford, 
and uh, the Museum of Natural History here was the site of what was called the Great Debate um, between Thomas Huxley, who was a biologist, and mm. Bishop something or other. And they were debating evolution shortly after the publication of On the Origin of Species. And right. um, basically, the bishop was making fun of Huxley for saying, oh, descended from a monkey, are you? And he said, look, if it's a choice between being descended from a monkey or being descended from someone like you, I'm picking the monkey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a pretty sick burn. Um, nice. But, but I, I think that... that yeah, Huxley was like Darwin's henchman. <clears throat> yeah. Darwin's bulldog. That was his nickname. <laughs> oh, was it really? Yeah, Darwin's bulldog. Oh, I didn't he know. He went out and did the, the dirty work. Oh, like, like, yeah. um, <laughs> like arguing like the, with the priests. Rich- yeah, exactly. He was like the Richard Dawkins or like the Christopher Hitchens of his day. <laughs> ah, interesting. Um, well, uh, hang on. Let me get let me get his, his name up, and I'm stalling while the thing loads. But the the what I think is as at the basis of this is is what do we Wilberforce? That was his name, Bishop Wilberforce. Mm. What I think this is interesting to 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 consider, like the the ways that religion and spirituality play out in in our lives and history, um, but, and, and, and where it can be found. Yeah. It can be found in, in religious ceremonies or it, it can be found in, um, in, in sort of new age things that, that perhaps people that are worthy of criticism themselves. But um, Nick, what do you uh, mean when you talk about spiritualism? What is a spiritual experience for mm. you? Have you had any spiritual experiences? Well, <clears throat> I think, I mean, I think, yeah, there's, there's firstly there's some interesting points about um, the distinction in types of religion. I, I wonder, um, to kind of answer the question in a roundabout way, um, whether, which is, I think, sort of what I'm doing unconsciously is um, um, sort of, I suppose, not entirely conflating, but um, inherently working on the assumption that a spirituality is a broader category that happens to encompass organized religion hmm. and that within religion there are world religions and um soriological soteriological soteriological religions as well hmm. um and and however that um the grounding assumptions um, from so that not all spirituality necessarily has to be religious, but that all religion presumably has an aspect of spirituality within it. Um, yeah, I th- I think that that's um, a, a true in in most cases. I think that there because um, organized religion tends to build up institutions around them, then it is possible to get like I mean, how many wars have been fought in the name of religion that that were not right. actually religious, right? And in right. fact, there was um. <clears throat> Uh, a series of books which I've mentioned on the podcast before, which is an infinite source of wisdom, are the Discworld novels. And, <laughs> here um, we go. <laughs> here we go. And there's one called Small Gods, um, and it's a very interesting premise uh, where within within this sort of universe, gods gods exist because people believe in them, and belief is sort of like this this life energy. Um, and one of the gods is is called Om, and he has this whole country based around religion, him like temples and everything, and. Um, He's not, Arm hasn't visited the, the world for a while, the Discworld for a while. And so he, he decides to come back and like have a new prophet, send some more commandments down, that sort of thing. And he, and he arrives and he intends to appear as like a mighty bull, um, but instead finds his tortoise and has almost no power because only despite having this huge country and, and monuments built to him, only one person actually believes in him. 
because people right. have started believing in the buildings and the ceremonies and the organization and the inquisition and everything like that rather than mm-hmm. themselves so i think that's an interesting uh, point where religion is not necessarily spiritual but i think in most cases probably is yeah, yeah. at least nominally mm-hmm. 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 well i suppose um you know we i guess we've tried to we started by trying to identify between um religion and science <clears throat> and maybe to define those two things in opposition at which point i guess those points became um conflated in mm. in 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 my reasoning and then and then you know now trying to make the distinction between religion and spirituality but i suppose really um if we're trying to come away with anything then it should be like what what we understand as spirituality mm. to be and and i think again in in opposition to what you're saying now um, about, you know, organized uh, religion um, and it not necessarily being spiritual. Your implication is that by being of the material world, so to speak, mm-hmm. it is no longer necessarily spiritual. Um, and so perhaps spirituality is, is simply a sense of um, having a connection to, um, you know, energies or, or sources that are immaterial, you know, that are... Um, that are maybe not um, of of um, which again then don't really fall under the remit of science because mm. they're not um, observable necessarily through our senses. Um, even if obviously there can be some ambiguity, and we're talking about spiritual experience, which probably would suggest that there are moments where um, rather than transcending into spirit, perhaps spirit comes down to our level or, or whatever the case may be. As it happens, no, I I've never had as spiritual experience um nor do i intend to but maybe <laughs> it's not something that i'm in control of um Inter- interesting uh, not in control of uh, people would disagree i think a lot of people do pursue spiritual experiences yeah well this is the thing yeah that that's that's um um why why i said it because i i suppose maybe by not actively going after one Mm-hmm. perhaps that means that i will never experience one and and i wonder what that says about um the the validity of it which is a, which is an argument in and of itself but yeah i i wonder more what firstly whether i mean whether you've had um spiritual experiences yourself but also i guess more more, more importantly whether you agree um uh, with the with the, with that uh, sort of attempt at defining s- spirituality, I, I would tweak it slightly, and I think mm. that in in this tweak it might um, reconcile um, ideas about uh, about the sort of immateriality of it, or or um, yeah, so so or, or make it make or, or reconcile it with science as well. I think um, mm. is 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 this definition. So I I like connection connection with where I was going, but I think that rather than being connected to something immaterial, I would say connected to something that is, that is larger than yourself is perhaps mm. um, what I would define as a spirituality. Um, and so I think then there is lots of room for science. Um, and I think it, 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 it helps to reconcile that with the notion of um, the sublime, which was mentioned briefly in, in Jane Austen quote, which is where a lot of mm. people uh, find spirituality. Um, and the sublime, um, which we've probably spoken about before on the podcast, maybe not is uh is sort of the the sense of awe that you get when encountered with dramatic natural landscapes like um like a mountaintop or a vast ocean or a desert um or a forest um now this idea is is also historically and socially constructed but but we can go into that another time maybe um 
but um, in terms of spiritual experiences that I've had, there, there are two that come to mind, two that come to mind. The first, uh, well, chronologically, the first was when I was about mm, 15 or so, 16, maybe. And um, it was my friend's birthday. And uh, a bunch of us stayed over at his house and he lived near some woods. It was, and his birthday was, um, so it's, it's like the 2nd of March, so, so late winter. Um, and there was lots of snow around. And we walked into the forest and we walked um, to this bit that's not very well trodden, partly because it was very icy. And we came across an enormous frozen waterfall. And we didn't know, there's not usually a waterfall there. It must have just been because it was wet and dripped down. It's huge, like a column of ice rising up a, up a sort of cliff in this, in this sort of wooded valley. And um, sort of agreed amongst ourselves, or maybe six of us, not to take a photograph of it. And that it was going to be just an, just an experience for us. And just being sort of confronted with the, the, the sort of majesty of, of nature and things that nature can do was, was quite, and, and mm-hmm. not trying to capture it and, 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 pin it down was I think just letting it um, pass in in that way was 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 quite impactful and the other um, was when I was uh, an, uh, an undergraduate in my, my first year at UCL um, we went on a field trip I might have spoken about this on the podcast before um, went on a field trip to uh, an eco lodge um, in near Glastonbury um, and the people who who lived and worked there felt felt uh, very spiritually connected to the place. It's um, you may have heard the expression "the land of Nod" for someone going to sleep. Um, they're in the land of Nod, um, and this is the land of Nod. Nod was a, was a Celtic god who lived there and and fell asleep and became the hills. It's also where um, supposedly where Avalon is in in Arthurian mythology, where the Lady of the Lake rose and gave the sword to to King Arthur, and um, the uh, but there we met a, a shaman, a, a self-trained shaman called Great Grandfather Jem, and we built a sweat lodge, uh, which was essentially an igloo made of blankets. And we put some basalt rocks heated by a bonfire in there and we chanted and, and it was sort of like a sauna, but much, much hotter. Um, and I started to, two things happened. One was I started to see these golden lines appearing across my vision and um, I mean, it was a pitch dark tent. There was nothing gold in there. I could just see these kind of gold lines like that. And um, I later learned that under certain conditions, the nerves in the eye can become stimulated without photons hitting them. And that produces these lines. But I don't think that diminishes the impact of it, knowing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other was um, almost an out-of-body experience. And the way I, I explain it is it's like if you take a glove and you take your fingers out of the glove and just hold your hand in the palm, um, then and feel the you can sort of feel the fingers flopping around. I sort of felt like that with my whole body. Like I, as a, rather than inhabiting my body, was inhabiting a small area of my chest, and the rest of mm. my body was sort of this bag that was that was floating around, um, which is very strange. I, I have not felt that before or since. Um, Chakra or something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I suppose uh, two quite different spiritual experiences, one being a sort of an awareness of a place in the universe, the other just being a very strange thing that I c- can't readily explain with, um, with, with uh, scientific in- explanations. And even if I can, is so different than my usual experience that it sort of doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. An awareness well, of the state of exceptions of the world, perhaps. Mm. Well, I think what you're um, 
experiences sort of illustrate nicely, which is twofold, um, uh, is the, the point that you iterated before you explained those, which is that the spirituality is not necessarily purely um, of, of the immaterial, um, right? So these, this, um, this sense of like, again, to, to go back to the Jane Austen thing, and this, this sense of the sublime and this connection to greater things um, through an awe um, or an admiration for nature. Um, and, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the, yeah, the, the, the second thing sort of being like, so this, well, so this, yeah, this, this, um, sense of uh, coexistence and, and possible, um, sort of harmony between the material world, the immaterial world, science, spirituality, right. The explanation of the photons, the, the, the experience itself, which felt, um, spiritual and then um and then yeah and then your and your sense of place within all of that right um right which is uh, like whether within your own body um or within nature as a whole which is kind of the, this notion of the sublime right to be reminded of the majesty of nature is also to be reminded of um the incomparability <laughs> um or the inaptitude um or the fundamental kind of insignificance of human existence as well alongside that mm -hmm. right um and 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 therefore to kind of make your peace with your with your with your position in the cosmos as a whole right um yeah. and like your connection to a, to greater things right um which is i guess in a large part what, what religion um tries to do um yeah it's how to deal you, you with know. being confronted with the scale of existence <laughs> yeah right? like, yeah um yeah for sure um and and the, the um as such, if that's if that's what that is, then there are a multitude of different ways to do that, um, and the consequences of choosing those various paths um, leads you down very different roads. Yeah, um, capitalist but, um, gain, drugs, uh, art. <laughs> those yeah, are some yeah. that I could think of. Religion, yeah, of course. I guess. I guess um, we we power. as a consequence of that, we all find ourselves having to believe in something just. To... <laughs> You know, um, we all have our own form of religion. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's, I think, a topic for another episode, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but maybe this is a good place to leave it. Yeah, um, I think so. I think we've had some good talks um, with without, as is our brand, really answering anything. Actually, that's not true. I think we came up with some pretty good conclusions this time. Yeah, Growth, Nick, I... that's us. <laughs> um so some things that might be coming up in future episodes just going to rattle through these really quickly because we haven't even finalized them yet but music could be spiritual friendship animals nature travel meditation diet drugs consumption resilience religion again maybe and the soul is it is it a, is it a thing that we can delineate who mm. knows not me maybe a theologian i doubt it mm. any other topics mm. you want to throw in while while we're live on air and no but i would say um um, I would say that uh, if you're listening and this topic speaks to you, I already have a couple of people in mind, but um, if, if this topic speaks to you and you want to, and you want to jump in perhaps with uh, suggestions for us to talk about, or whether you would like to come on the show and talk with us, then um, reach out mm -hmm. um, and, um, and, and let's get, let's get cooking up. Excellent. And you can do that um, at good life cast on Instagram or, um, you know, at individual instagrams perhaps are, are the best way i'm at real adam johnson and nick you've got like four or five instas i don't know at yeah, just contact well. adam contact me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right um nick before we wrap up uh, and cleanse our palates do you have anything you want to plug 
Yeah, well, so to try, oh no, to plug, no, I was going to jump straight to fun facts. Oh, um, no, I have nothing so. to plug. Uh, oh, I, Do you have me, something to plug? Yeah, go see Dune, it's great. Yeah, there you go. Um, Maybe don't worry so much about James Bond, it's, it's pretty average. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, I, I, I'm a big James Bond fan, but this was a better movie than James Bond. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was enjoyable, it was just, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, just for that. sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're going to get a lot of hate. Maybe, not a lot, not a lot of people listen. We might get some. Um, (laughs) Okay, also astrologists, don't come for me. I'm not throwing (laughs) the baby out with the bathwater. That was kind of a joke. Please don't hurt me. You can come for Um, me. Or sort of cast a spell on me or something. I don't know whatever you do. Um, (laughs) Respectfully. Um, I have a fun fact. Yeah, which I guess is um, um, in fitting... Uh, fitting with with what we've spoken about today, which is the fact that um, uh, the uh, the NASA NASA, as it's uh, commonly commonly known, um, yeah, yeah, the space the space no, guys space club the NASA NASA um, NASA yes yeah <laughs> um, well they. Um, they, I think maybe it was the first rover, but the first rover that, well, uh, certainly one of the most recent rovers that they sent to Mars, um, which was on a mission for seven years, uh, 11 months, 13 days, six hours, one minute, 13 seconds, was called Spirit. Really? Um, yeah. And and Spirit, um, uh, uh, the Spirit rover studied the history of climate and water at sites on Mars, where conditions may once have been favorable to life. Um and uncovered strong evidence that Mars was once much wetter than it is, um, and also took 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 some interesting um, took some interesting pictures. It, it, it traveled four point eight miles across the Martian plains and was described as I don't know by who, but in quotation marks, a wonderful workhorse because it <laughs> operated for six years, two months, and nineteen days, more than twenty five times its original intended lifetime. Mm, something kind of spooky going on there. There you go. I thought that was a, a nice um always October a nice Mars. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it's it's yeah, basically it was it was there to look for types of rocks and soils and, and um past water activity on Mars. Um and uh but I don't think it actually took any pictures. I think that may have just been a reach on my part. But anyway, I thought it was a nice it was a nice um the fact that it was called spirit and that it was uh, a nice kind of um marriage between science um and nice. and and spirit you know nice um well um i i i also have a have a fact and and in fact inspired by i am also a little bit a little bit blending uh, blending science and spirit um off the back of i like to base my my fun facts on on things that have, have happened in my life things experiences and as i a- alluded to moments ago i recently saw dune um sci-fi desert thriller so at first i looked for facts about deserts um and and that's actually not that interesting 20 percent of the world is land the world's land surfaces are desert which is kind of cool but then i thought you know who lives in the desert nick the gin um the jinn, the beings of of smokeless fire from uh, from sort of Islamic um, um, mythology, and um, I, I opened a uh, aboutislam.net, which explains jinn, um, and it's very interesting. They are they are the antithesis of 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 angels um, in a way. Um, 
in and speaking of the of the of the jinn um or, or what god created he said indeed we created man from dried clay of black smooth mud and we created jinn before that from the smokeless flame of fire the angels were created from light and the jinn from smokeless fire and um jinn yeah so jinn these beings of fire um also can be muslims or non-muslims um but due to mm. their fiery nature the majority of them are non-muslims and non-muslim jinns form part of the army of the most famous jinn satan consequently these disbelieving jinn are also called devils and jinn Damn, is... that's super dumb <laughs> yep didn't know that super sick and, and jinn dear listener if you, if you don't know is often transliterated in english as genie um right so jinn jinn and genie are the same thing and if they don't worship god they are in the army of satan which i think is a good note to end on uh nick thank you so much for 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 being with me here today it's good to be back um and thank you dear listener for listening um and with love and rage goodbye goodbye